On today's special episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, me and my amazing colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels, answer your questions. Here we go. You're putting yourself in a healing state. You can't fail when you put yourself in a healing state. So let's say the healing state you wanted to put yourself in was a 72 hour fast and you only went 24 hours. Okay, you still put yourself in a positive state. So don't get mad at yourself. Just go, okay, next time I'd like to see if I can do that a little different. And I think that's really why the art of fasting is really important to understand. You're not supposed to fast like everybody else. You're supposed to find your rhythm with it. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. I hope you're having an incredible day today. I'm in a great mood because today's episode is with somebody I love, I admire, and we answer your questions. We do an Ask Us Anything, and that is with me and Dr. Mindy Pels. This is the third time we've done this. This one is special because we did it in Austin, Texas, right after we both shared the stage together and delivered a keynote lecture at KetoCon 2023, which is the Super Bowl of keto conferences. Me and Mindy shared the stage together. We had so much fun sharing the stage, providing info, laughing. The feedback from the audience was incredible. And after we got off the stage, we went to Mindy's hotel room and we recorded a podcast, which is what you're going to hear today. But we recorded a podcast based off of your questions. Many of you submitted questions to me via Instagram and to Mindy via her Instagram channel. And the questions are amazing. We love the questions and we answer them to the best of our ability. So first we recap KetoCon at the start of this conversation, and then we get into some of your questions. Some of the questions that you asked was, how do you control appetite and cravings during fasting? What is happening during a fast that you experience all these cravings? What can you do so you could complete the fast? We discussed the connection between protein, muscle building, and weight loss. We're going to give you a guideline to follow in terms of how much protein you should be consuming. One of the questions we get is about about keto. Why is it so complicated? Can we keep it simple? So me and Mindy break down how to keep keto and fasting simple. And of course, we talk about supplements, which is also pretty complicated. And we'll discuss the art of supplementation, the art of rotation in regards to supplements and what me and Mindy have in our pantry. We'll discuss my favorite part, which is the importance of self-love, and vitamin G, and so much more. You're going to love Mindy. You're already following her. I know you do. Y'all love her. I love her too. And this is just a fun conversation. If you want to watch the video version of today's interview, 
that could be found on our YouTube channel. You can see me and Mindy in the hotel room having a good time right after our KetoCon lecture. You can go watch that over at youtube.com slash camp. Go get her book, Fast Like a Girl. Go follow her on YouTube. We'll put all that down below. Before we get into this Q&A um, with me and Mindy, I want to get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from Ann P. in the ATL, titled, Very Informative. I've been binging these episodes. So much valuable information to help me get my keto done better. Ben gives solid advice, lots of tips, all focused on health and nutrition. Thank you for these episodes. And P, thank you for showing up and pressing play. I'm grateful for you. Hope you're having a great time in hot Atlanta. It's also hot here in Miami, so I totally understand. And if you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review as of yet, please do so. Maybe I'll read yours on the next episode. All right, without further ado, here's the wonderful Dr. Mindy Pels. Dr. Mindy Pels is a holistic health expert, author, speaker who's on a mission to educate men and women about their bodies through her vast experience and expertise in fasting, which can help us take control of our health. She's the author of the incredible book, Fast Like a Girl. Go get it. Here is Dr. Mindy and myself. Mindy, we're back at it for another podcast. Here we go. Third time? <laughs> Third time doing this format, Ask Us Anything, mm. but we've done many more interview-style podcasts. Yeah. And uh, today is a cool day because we just spoke at KetoCon together. Agreed. We shared the stage. Yeah. And I got some great feedback. From I did, did too. You know? I did, too. It's really funny because um, everybody said, oh, you, I can't believe you guys have never done that before. Same. So many people said the same thing. Like... They thought we've done that for a hundred times together. I know, right? I know. First time we actually shared the stage at the same time, although right. we've shared the stage together. Yeah. This was special. We it went really over cool. it. We kept to our time. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. The fact that we kept to our time was the one that I was like, wow, how did we do that? So <laughs> we did. yeah, but it was, it's really cool. I think it's, it's a perfect example of when you get around people who think very similar. Yeah. It's like you're speaking the same language. And so it just flows out of you effortlessly. Exactly. Which, we're, we're aligned with that yeah. together. So the message the message was overall like we have the power. You know, the body is so amazing. Yeah. It's built to heal itself. It's not anything external. And you did yeah. a great job explaining that and showing what how fasting plays into that role. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like we should maybe summarize for the people who didn't, who weren't at KetoCon, yeah, like what we talked about, because again, a lot of it is conversations you and I have had. And I think the best place to start this, ask me anything is really around this idea of how deeply do you believe in your own healing? Because you and I are like out there on content, always like, okay, here's what your blood sugar number should be. Here's what your ketones is what you want to do. Like all the hacks. But at the end of the day, none of those hacks will work if you don't actually believe your body can heal itself. It's so true. And the belief has the placebo effect, <coughs> which, oh, yeah. I, which I spoke about, and then that nocebo effect. Yeah. You can believe that your body's not built to heal itself, and you're right. Like yeah. either way, you're right. And we talked about sugar and glucose and insulin spikes. We talked about bad fats. We talked about the yeah. mindset. Uh, maybe you want to share a little bit about Bruce Lipton and uh, his work surrounding like those yeah. emotions and thoughts that are trapped in ourselves. So you said something after we talked at the very end about belief and believing in your body. You shared a story. It was a study done where the doctor believed. Mm -hmm. the what I heard was the languaging the doctor used was empowering and then the patient believed. And the combination of those three things got the best result. Yeah. Can, you, can you share that again? Because yeah. I think that's something, it's like a synergistic team coming together for a person's healing has to have the mindset in order 
and, and in place in order for the true belief to happen inside the body. It's so true. So that's where the placebo effect, uh, the, where it originated. World War II, uh, mm. the American soldiers were getting bombed and they were really beat up. I mean, bullet wounds, arms and limbs blown off and they were entering the medical tent. And there was a doctor, Dr. Henry Beecher, working that specific medical tent and they were giving these soldiers morphine, which makes sense because it would help calm them down yeah. and stabilize them so they didn't go into shock and die. So it stabilized them enough for them to transfer them to a hospital and save these, these soldiers' lives. But they ran out of morphine at this yep. specific tent. So one of the nurses saw that. She didn't really know what to do. She ended up grabbing the syringe and putting saline solution, salt water. And she told Dr. Beecher, I'm giving you more morphine, mm. you know, give this to the soldier. So he had the belief that he was getting morphine from the nurse. And he transferred that belief to the soldier saying, I'm giving you morphine. You're going to feel better in a matter of seconds. And it was just saline solution. And they all survived. You know, wow. they didn't go into shock. They stabilized them, even though it was not even morphine. Yeah, and that's crazy. where Harvard wanted to study what happened. And that's where the placebo effect yeah. originated. My takeaway when I heard that was it is so important that the healthcare people, your healthcare team has 100 percent faith that you can heal. So for years, I've been saying we need to put a tribe of people together. Yeah. Like you need to look at like I did this when my kids were little. I had a very conservative doctor down to like the energy crystal, like woo woo <laughs> person. And there was about five people that were on that team of that. I would ask if my kids had a problem, I'd be like, what do you think I should do? And then I would take everybody's opinion into account and then I would make a decision for myself. But what I think is so interesting about that study is that what happens if your doctor gives you a diagnosis that you aren't in alignment with? Yeah. So now you're going to have to come up against healing yourself, going against your doctor's own, you know, beliefs. Yeah. It's really important. If you choose to do that, you got to totally cut out whatever that doctor said, because you don't want that in your mind because that will affect your healing. A hundred percent. And that's happening all the time. Yeah. You know, you need this drug because your body is too weak to produce this hormone. Right. Or you have cancer, so you have six months to live. Like this is the opposite. It's the same effect of how the placebo works, but it's the opposite in a nocebo effect. Yeah. So it's a negative version of that placebo effect. And yeah. it, it's just as powerful as the placebo effect. And Doctors do it all the time without realizing what they're doing. They're pretty much playing that role of the, the giving, transferring their negative beliefs to their patients. Yep. And we know the body is built to heal itself. We yep. know people who've had stage four terminal cancer go on to live many, many years from that point of diagnosis. And yep. that, tricks, that takes a strong grit and a strong belief in the human body. Yeah. And it tells me that I always want to make sure whoever's putting any information into my brain about my health I want to make sure that they are in 100% alignment with what they're saying. And even in the in the health influencing world and the way we, you know, what what we see in our space a lot is definitely people who either have a mixed message or they have an, an some type of ulterior motive yeah. of why they're expressing the information um, and all of that comes into play in our own healing. So I just love that because I felt like god, that's really really cool to think about who is overseeing your healthcare and what is their mindset, not just what is your mindset. What is the people around you who are giving you information? What is their mindset? Because mm. that's going to get instilled into you. It's so true. It's cra yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's so true. You want yeah. to protect that environment. So I love that you do that with your family and their yeah. doctors from like the most traditional to the most out there. 
you get all the data and then you kind of synthesize, you know, what makes sense and you apply it. And I think that's what yeah. we should do with our health and all the information out there. And I love what you said today. And then we'll get into the first question. Yeah. But I love what you shared today at the end of the talk where you talked about, okay, there's a lot of things we share with you. There's a lot of things other speakers are sharing with you. Take three things from this lecture and yep. apply it like right away. Yep. And I love that you said that because it's true. Information alone does not change anybody's life. We yep. are drowning in information and starving for actual wisdom and truth. But it's the application of the right information over a period of time that's going to change their lives. So I love that you said that at yeah. the end of the talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, even after a podcast like this or when you've been like at a conference, there's so much information. You feel so empowered and then you get home Monday and like everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've, I just learned to just pull a few things and focus on those, master those. And then you can go back to your notes, you know, 90 days later and then master something else. Yeah. But we have to chunk health down. Otherwise, it just is too big of a task to take on. Yeah, I love that because so. you're just going to be like, okay, where do I start? You have right. like 73 things to do, but where do you start? That's right. So you master a couple of things and then you habit stack. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, all right, you ready for the question? I'm ready. Okay, ready. I'll, I'll throw one out you here. This okay. is actually relevant to what we're talking about. So okay. it's a question about can being in a chronically stressed condition or state cause cancer inside of the body? Ooh. I'll let you start there. Oh, the answer to that is an absolute yes, but it's not just cancer. It is chronic disease. So I can tell you that I feel like I'm coming full circle with my, my understanding about the priorities that the body needs in order to heal. And I, I say full circle because I would say about 10 or 15 years ago, I felt like stress was like really at the high, like everybody's got to handle their stress if they want their body to heal. But then in the biohacking world, we have all these cool things like mm -hmm. fast, you can get ketones, you can hop in a hyperbaric oxygen, you can do red light, like all these hacks that work so well that they almost bypass the stressful effects of a high pressured life. But I say I've come full circle because I feel like now, no, you can't get yourself completely well if you're not managing stress. That has to be a part of everybody's healing plan. And if you're not careful about your stress levels, you can build disease worse than if you're eating the bad oils. Yeah, I yeah. think stress has to be managed and everybody's tool set needs to be a little different. Yeah. What are your thoughts? On I that? agree with you 100%. Because if you think about it, we, we I talked about it today, 60,000 thoughts per day. And if yeah. every single one of those thoughts are stressful thoughts, fearful thoughts, hateful thoughts, that's worse than the seed oils because you're taking a hit every time you have a thought. Yep. Right. And when we think about stress, it's really our ability to adapt to the stress. So you teach fasting and we know fasting is a stress, but yep. a powerful stress that could get your body stronger. So I don't know if it's really about eliminating stress as, as it is as adapting to the stress or looking at it differently. Yep. When we can see things as on the way versus in the way, and mm -hmm. we become grateful for the most challenging moments in our life, that's when we start to become victorious. But yep. I do believe stress can cause cancer, cause yep. all these conditions. And I remember when I interviewed Dr. Aaron Lee Keneally, mm -hmm. I said, I know cancer is multifactorial. We, we could all agree to that. There's so many different things, heavy metals, seed oils, sugar spikes. Yep. But if there was one thing that you would say is the leading cause that would you know fill that stress bucket and trigger bad cancer genes out of all the things out there, what would that one thing be? And she said, trapped emotions. Ooh. And that's exactly what's happening with stress. Wow. And wow. trapped emotions, fasting, talk about what we can do with that. Yeah, yeah. So, and the thing, I just want to say one thing on Aaron Keneally. 
uh, when I interviewed her, she said the fastest growing age group for uh, cancer right now is the younger generation. Mm -hmm. And she feels like it's largely because of the emotional traumas that they're going through and not to mention the physical and the chemical. So interesting. Yeah. That she she would know. She got this huge she you know, integrative. And in the last three years, yeah. if you think about what happened, yeah. So here's something I've, I've learned with fasting, not only in myself, but watching like our academy members and just, you know, everybody on socials is that the more you fast, the more you're getting rid of these senescent cells. So the senescent cells are aging cells or zombie cells or disease forming cells. But if you look at actually at the root of what these senescent cells are, they've got trapped emotions in them. And if you look at uh, Bruce Lipton's work, we know that the outer membrane is where those thought patterns live. So I've been thinking a lot lately about can you use fasting to get rid of these senescent cells that not only help you slow the aging process down, but actually help you long-term change your thought patterns. And I've come to the conclusion that I strongly feel like the answer is yes. Now, here's the caveat. I don't think you can just take a person with a negative mindset and put them through a bunch of fasts and all of a sudden they turn into a positive mindset person. I don't believe that that could happen. But if you take a person that's really working on their mindset, they're really trying to change their thought patterns, and you teach that person how to have a fasting, build a fasting lifestyle, which with each fast, especially the longer fast they go in, when you get the dumping of those zombie cells, you're getting the dumping of the old thought patterns, and now you're thinking the new thought patterns, and over time, the brain changes much quicker. Mm -hmm. So I actually think it's a tool that fits into a whole mindset program. We can't just throw a fast at it and think that our brain's gonna become positive. I agree. No, I love that. It's so fascinating and yeah. so wonderful. And I, I agree with you. You know, it and makes sense to me. We don't talk about it enough with fasting. I don't even think we talk about the spiritual part of fasting mm -hmm. enough. Yeah, that's true. And it, it's in every religion out there. Absolutely. It's the only thing they agree about. Right. It's the it's only like thing, right? Fasting. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me the other day, they said, are you getting many arrows at you from all the, the preaching of fasting that I've been doing? And I thought, no, I, I'm not. And I realized that I think that it's twofold. One, it's fasting is one of those things that it has so much science right now, it's hard to refute it. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is everybody who's successfully built a fasting lifestyle feels the difference. So there's nothing to push up against. It's like sleep. No, but you don't see people walking around going, ah, oh, these sleep experts don't know what they're talking about. You don't need to sleep. That's not what they're saying. They're just saying, hey, we all need to sleep. We're still trying to understand how much and how much yep. deep and how much REM. So it's it's a really interesting when you start to think about it. I just, the more I study it, the more I'm like, why isn't everybody fasting? Everybody yeah. needs to be fasting. 100%. Well, you're on a mission to make yeah. that happen. Trying to make that happen. You're making it happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to do the next question or me? Or? Uh, you do it because I don't have the oh, list you, in front yeah. of me. So you're going to have to be the well, question asker. I have, a, I have this screenshot from my Instagram, but I think okay, good. we have a list too. So okay. But you can answer this one. You answer it first. All right. So the question is, how do I control appetite and cravings during fasting? not just the hunger, but a really strong desire to eat food. So this person's experiencing a lot of cravings mm -hmm. during fasting. I'll start and then yeah, I'll yeah. leave it to you. I'm curious to see what you say. Yeah, they're just not fat adapted yet, it sounds mm. like, right? Because we know yeah. that when we when they go into a fasted state, 
uh, and glucose drops in their brain, the brain could panic because the ketones are not there. And right. then it'll send signals to the body to go get some carbs and let's fulfill that desire to get glucose back in the brain. Right. So they might be doing a little bit too much fasting too soon. They might want to mm. scale back that fasting muscle, maybe add a little bit to more healthy fats, do some variation of low carb. It doesn't have to be keto, but get the body familiar with burning fatty acids and then when you go into that fasted state again, maybe those ketones can now get produced by the liver mm -hmm. and then it'll tell the brain like, you're okay. Like yeah. these are ketones. We're here for a reason. The liver's got you. You got body fat. Yeah. Uh, so I think that could be one thing. And then maybe an electrolyte loss could be happening as well. And that mm. could be a signal. Go get food because you are low in electrolytes. Those mm. would be the two things that I would identify. What would you ask? Uh, do you use fasting? I like to use fasting like as you can pulse into a ketogenic state and then pulse out and then pulse in and pulse out. And if you do that, each time you go into this ketogenic state, it's healing something. So if you get into there and all of a sudden your cravings go up, my thought pattern is, okay, hang there as long as you can hang there and then dip back into food and then go back again. And each time you go back, it gets easier and mm -hmm. easier, much like the gym. You know, the first time you go to the gym and you haven't been in a while, it feels horrible. But the each time you keep going back and pursuing that, it gets easier and easier. I feel like that's the same thing with cravings. Yeah, I love that approach too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's like a muscle, like you yeah, said. Just a muscle. So yeah. is keto, right? So is getting fat adapted. It's a muscle. Fasting yeah. is a muscle. Yeah. And uh, I, I love what you said in the past. There's no such thing as a failed fast. Yeah. Right? It's like people think I have only fasted 14 hours and I'm such a failure. And Truth of the matter is nobody's a failure, first right. of all. There's no human that is a failure, but there's a victory in that. Maybe you could share a little bit more about how every fast has its benefits. Yeah, it's just like every sleep has its benefits. You're, you're putting yourself in a healing state. You can't fail when you put yourself in a healing state. So let's say the healing state you wanted to put yourself in was a 72-hour fast, and you only went 24 hours. Okay, you still put yourself in a positive state. Yeah. So don't get mad at yourself. Just go, okay, next time I'd like to see if I can do that a little different. And I think that's really why the art of fasting is really important to understand. You're not supposed to fast like, you're, like everybody else. You're supposed to find your rhythm with it. The other thing I want to say on the craving thing that I think is really interesting is that I would want to know what type of craving this person's having. So if they're having a sugar craving when they go into the fasted state, that would tell me adrenals. Because the adrenals are saying, hey, we need glucose, or, or, or even the thyroid might be saying, hey, we need more food, we need more carbs. And so it would be a mirror to understand what you need to support. If that was the case, so let's say it was the adrenals, you would then want to make sure you're adding more good fat in, more protein, so you're stabilizing your blood sugar when you're in your eating window, when you're in that sugar burner state. If it, you have a thyroid problem, you might need to eat more calories. Be, definitely, that's the one place I find calories come into play is in the eating window. You got to get at least 1,200 to 1,500 calories in an eating window to support healthy thyroid function. Got to feast. So you got to feast. And then the third one is, is if it's a sugar craving, then that's candida and the body's trying to kill off candida. Mm. So you need to get yourself into more 24-hour fast where you can repair the microbiome. You also are going to want to look at what are you eating when you're eating? Are you eating too many carbs, too much yeah. alcohol, too much sugar? So I think the type of craving can tell you which angle you're going to go. Hey, when was the last time you bit into a juicy burger or a perfectly cooked steak and thought to yourself, 
this is the best thing I've ever tasted. If it's been a while, it's probably because most meat products are conventionally raised, which not only affects the flavor profile, but significantly diminishes the beneficial nutrients and minerals. And believe it or not, even products that are labeled as grass-fed or ethically raised to make you think they're high quality are often finished on grain or in factory farms, which is why I am so excited to share something with you today that will not only help you avoid the hormones, antibiotics, and pesticide residues that diminish the taste of conventionally raised meat, but could also save you nearly $1,000 over the next year on your grocery bill. And the best part? This may be the best tasting thing you've had in a long time. So what the heck am I talking about? I'm talking about Wild Pastures Meat Delivery. They provide the highest quality meats from small, regenerative, family-run farms here in the United States that prioritize sustainability and animal welfare. Their beef is 100% grass-fed. Their pork and poultry are pasture-raised, something you won't find anywhere in the grocery store, resulting in meats that are not only healthier for you, but also better for the environment. One of the reasons why me and my fiance Natasha loves wild pastures is that we can opt out out of supporting harmful conventional farming practices and instead support small family-run farms without spending a fortune. And the convenience doesn't stop there. They offer delivery straight to your door so you can enjoy delicious, high-quality meats without even leaving your house. No matter where you are in the lower 48 states, Wild Pastures has got you covered. Not only is this the most convenient way to get your meat products, but Wild Pasture meats are better for you nutritionally, and they're higher in the total nutrients, phytonutrients, antioxidants, key fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, proteins, and amino acids. And today, for keto campers, for a limited time, you can get 20% off every box plus free shipping for life and $15 off your first box. This is a crazy deal, and I hope you take advantage of it. So make the switch to Wild Pastures today and save nearly $1,000 on your grocery bill while feeling healthier and enjoying the best-tasting meats of your life. All you need to do is go to the link in the podcast notes down below. Everything is already applied. All you got to do is click that link, customize your order, and you'll have some delicious, healthy-tasting meats very soon. Head to the podcast notes down below, click the link, enjoy your wild pastures. Okay, let's get right back to this episode. Okay, the twofold here. Yep. I'm going to add to the question, but is it dangerous to be taking vitamins and supplements over the years? They're concerned specifically about those plastic casings, but I will add to that question and say, is it bad to take the same supplements over and over and yeah. over at the same time? Right. So right. I'll let yeah. you start there. Well, I'm going to flip it and ask you a question <laughs> on this. Okay. How many supplements do you have at home? Do you have like a room of supplements? You have a counter yeah, of supplements? It looks like the vitamin shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. And so this is why I ask. Like if you came into my house, you would see that I have one corner of my kitchen just packed with supplements. And then I've got cupboards uh, in other areas of supplements. So the question would be like, well, why do I have that? Why do you look like a vitamin shop? And that's because I'm always pulsing supplements. Yeah. Exactly. So I always ask myself, am I eating well-rounded? Am I eating diverse? So, and am I eating clean? And if I am, I don't do as many supplements, but I actually end up leaning into supplements a lot more when life got really busy, I'm traveling Probably, a lot. Yeah. 
And in that moment, then I have to ask myself, like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish with this supplement? So I'll give you an example of um, this is we've been a week that we've been traveling. So we'll be home. We're on a 10 day trip right now. So I have bags of different supplements. Well, I strategically picked the supplements for this trip and they were built around energy was a big one. I'm trying to master sleep right now. Mm -hmm. So a little more of my sleep. And then I, uh, a couple of detoxifiers because and binders because I knew that I would be out in the world traveling. And then uh, I've been I have an organ I've been working on. I always have like one area and I've been working on my liver. So I, I brought some liver supplements to just keep that keep myself going. So it was very, very targeted. Now I'm going to go home and I'm not going to need all of those. Yeah, it's going to change. It's going to change. Yeah. So I think this idea that you take a supplement and you just take it over and over again at some point, A, you're you're not going to make it. You're losing your money because it's not effective. Mm -hmm. And B, we lose sight of the fact that our body heals. It's not the supplement that heals. You're, right. you're just fueling the body so the body can heal. It's not the supplement doing the heal. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Uh, I love the answer. And uh, it loses its effectiveness over time, too. Yeah. It's like the body begins to adapt to it. Yep. So maybe in the beginning it felt good. And then after three months, it's like you're not getting any effectiveness anymore. I do the same thing with you. When I'm traveling, I'll take my little kit. <laughs> so it's immune health, it's sleep. Something that I do take steadily is magnesium. Oh, yeah. But I'll rotate, you know, from three and eight to glycinate to malate. So I'll rotate the type of magnesium, but that's something I'm on all the time. Right. Other than that, everything else I take a break from. And I use Sunday yeah. usually as a day oh. that I take a break from all supplements. I just give myself a little bit of a, a reset yeah. <laughs> uh, on Sundays just to kind of like I, my liver doesn't have to pre process anything. But yeah, if you go to my kitchen, you, my pantry, same thing, like the vitamin shop. Right. I have friends that come over and they're like, you use all this? I'm like, yeah, some of it. I'll rotate, you know, here. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just like make, you know, go rant with random things. But I do have a game plan like you, right? Sometimes I'm focusing on adrenals. Sometimes it's sleep. Um, when I'm very active, I'll take more creatine and I'll focus more on protein. And I'm yep. not very active. I won't take that. Yeah. So supplements should be rotated. I'm going to ask you this question. The four supplements that when I ask people, what are you taking? It's usually vitamin D, yep. but like a synthetic without the other fat-soluble vitamins, yep. fish oil, yep. uh, a probiotic, and a synthetic multivitamin. Does that line up with you? Oh, that, is that what I'm taking? No, 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 oh, no. Not what you're taking. I'm like, no, when, I don't take a multivitamin. No, no, when, I, yeah. when I ask people what supplements are you taking, yeah. like my students, it's usually those top yeah, four yeah, right there. Yeah, for sure. And I would say of all of those, I'm happy they're doing vitamin D. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, that's because you can't either get it from the sun or you get it from fish and or you got to supplement. So. So, yes, those are the most common, although I think I've beat the probiotic into the ground that very few people take probiotics. Oh, now. did you? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like the, the greatest thing you can do for your gut is go into a longer fast and then break that fast with, with polyphenol, yeah. prebiotic, the three probiotic, piece. the three it's in your piece. book, Fast I Like a Girl. I, I read know, that. I know, you read it. <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. So, yeah. So I think it's, I again, I, I really, truly honor that supplements are supplements yeah. to my healthy diet. So when I'm out traveling, yeah, the diet's a little funky. It's not as easy. So I'm going to lean more into those supplements. Once I get home, I can have all, I got all my biohacking equipment at home. I got all my favorite foods. So I don't lean into them as much. So I think there needs to be flexibility with that. And yeah. why don't we don't have that enough? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. The, the other thing I used to do, I don't know if you ever do this is, and this is something fun for people to look at, is when I would coach people, I would put them through some very specific supplement protocols 
And then we would hit this point where they were doing well, like their health was in an amazing place. So instead of going and, and having them buy more supplements, I would say, take a picture of all your supplements and let me come up with a protocol. Mm. And then we would just take, like, let's say they had 12 supplements at home. I'd say, okay, these three you're going to do this month. And then the next month I'd be like, okay, just so you keep using those supplements. I as love well. it. Yeah, yeah it it's the fun. art of supplementation. Yeah, right. It like, was like a big ebb and flow to it. I love it. We believe in like food rotation. Yeah. We believe in supplement rotation. Yeah. Fast feast rotations, right? That's right. It's like, that's the cycle Supplements, of like, no supplements, hot, cold. If you think about it, everything, yeah. it's actually... It's a version of metabolic switching. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like I'm in on the supplements, now I'm out. Yep. And then I go back in and then I go back out. And the problem, if you're listening to this, is that you may feel like you don't know where to go to. But the upside of this is that you get to have fun and experiment with all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Strongly feel when you take a supplement, you should feel a change. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it's not working for you, even if the change is adverse. Yeah, 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 so, good call. Well, I mean, if somebody's starting a new supplement and they don't feel anything, that's a, a red flag. You, can, yeah. you should feel either a benefit or a drawback to your point. Yeah. And if somebody has a lot of cellular inflammation, it doesn't matter how many supplements they take, right? Mindy's right. like, if those yeah. supplements are not getting into the cell, right. they're, they're not gonna get well. So that goes back to like the foundations, right? If you're not fixing your cells, these supplements have no role, they have no place unless you're looking at the fundamentals. Right. They're there to supplement the fundamentals, to your yeah. point. Because yeah. if you have too much inflammation, it doesn't matter if you're spending 700 bucks on supplements. Like I did when I was five, six years ago, Mindy, I had eight silver fillings in a moldy home, spending 500 bucks a month on supplements. I didn't feel a damn thing. Wow. Because I had too much inflammation. And it wasn't until I dropped that, yeah. then I started to benefit from those supplements. So are there certain supplements that you're like, I definitely need to take these on a regular basis? Are there any that you do consistently? Magnesium, like I mentioned. Yeah. So some form of magnesium. When I have my, what I call keto flex days, higher carb days, yeah. I like taking something that helps with postprandial glucose. So like apple cider vinegar okay. complex. Do you do or, it afterwards? Uh, I'll do it before. Before. Yeah, I'll do the apple cider vinegar before. Like a yeah. dihydroberberin if I'm going to do a very high carb. Okay. Not all the time though. Sometimes I'll just eat the carbs without that. Yeah. Ion gut health is a big, yep, it's, it's in there. And then yep. something that's going to support the membranes, whether it's like, you know, I don't want to mention too many products, but you know, the supplements out there that support membrane health, uh, yeah. plant-based omega or some sort of healthy fat. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. So vi I'm trying, I'm working on bringing my vitamin D up. So I'm doing vitamin D every day. I do ion biome. Come to Miami. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 72. I know. And Cal maybe that's the problem. California has had so much rain yeah, right now, right. but yeah, maybe that's it. I need to walk around in my tank top and <laughs> yeah, just shorts come down in Miami. South Beach with me. <laughs> I'll work on that next year. <laughs> but then Ion Biome for sure. And then I would say the other one that I'm really working, playing with are both minerals and aminos. Yeah. And the reason that I'm playing with those two is that they're precursors to not only make hormones, but they're precursors to make neurotransmitters. And you've heard me talk a little bit about this. My my new passion of, of research is understanding that as women lose our sex hormones, those are precursors for dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and glutamate, and even acetylcholine, which is important for cognition. So if I've already lost, as a 53-year-old woman, I've already lost these precursors, these hormones are going down, and I want to keep my moods up, so I need to be able to keep these neurotransmitters at their best, then I better make sure I keep my aminos and my minerals up. Yes, yeah. 
And so I've really dove into those two as nutrients for me right now. I've got, I mean, if you came into my kitchen right now, <laughs> most of the supplements I'm working with are high in aminos or they're high in minerals. I love it. And just playing with that because I don't want to lose my neurotransmitters as yeah. well. Plus, I mean, the aminos are so important for building lean muscle. And most, right. most people, not just women, but I've seen people in my group, they don't get enough protein. Uh, yes. They're in a chronic protein de deficiency. Yeah. So just covering the bases with those aminos is a good idea. Do you get a, a pound, a gram of protein for every pound of body weight in you every day? No, I don't. Is that like, are you saying that like facetiously? No, uh, that's <laughs> the formula for protein is actually a pound to a pound and a half, no, a gram to a gram and a half of protein for every pound of body weight that you want to be. Yeah, right, so that's what I tell my students. So one gram of pro protein per pound of your ideal body weight. So yeah. I'm at my ideal body weight, which is 80, 180 pounds. So I don't get that every day, but I'm okay with that because it's okay to be in a protein deficiency and get more okay. top, you know this, to yeah, get right, more right, autophagy, right. right? So, But right. I tell my students, most days you want to aim to get that, but if you're not, if you're having trouble because you feel like it's just too much protein, some people don't have enough stomach acid that sits in their gut. Right. Make sure you're taking some essential aminos to fill in those gaps until you get there. But what do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean it's a dilemma because yeah. I will tell you again as a 53-year-old woman, I'm really working on muscle and increasing muscle. You know, as you move through menopause and that switch of of production of sex hormones goes to the adrenal glands. If the adrenal glands are overworking, which mine were in my 40s, I'm again, back to the mindfulness comment, yeah. then all of a sudden the adrenals will start to break muscle down to get the nutrients they need to get those amino acids. So it, a big thing I noticed throughout most of my 40s is how hard it was to build muscle and how much I lost muscle. And yet I was doing keto, I was fasting, I was, I, I was paleo for a long time, I was doing all the right things. So what I've been doing now is really going in with protein cycling. So not every day, but I try to do 30 grams of protein and then a couple hours later I'll do another 30 grams, another 30 grams. I'll do that maybe three to four days a week. And then I'm doing a ton of aminos, trying to keep that muscle up. And it's working. I feel like I'm back at 53 gaining muscle again, but it took that a little bit of effort and I'm really protein forward right now. Yeah. A lot of protein forward. Animal-based protein, Animal-based right? protein, Yeah, there's a difference yeah. between that and plant-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm really big on it too. And it is a dilemma because yeah, you, there's fasting, of course, there's time yeah. for autophagy, but at, at that certain situation and age, it's important to get those protein ratios. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. It's very intentional eating. Yes. Like if you ever tried, like I'm curious on your 180 gram day, are you like, are you working hard to get that yeah. in? Oh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like steaks, eggs, uh, protein shakes, uh, beef sticks, like whatever I can do to get that's there. Right. And if I fall short, then I'll take the aminos to fill in the gaps. There, that's exact. And so then the other piece of research that I saw was that somewhere between 30 grams of protein and 90 grams of protein is the sweet spot for turning that protein into pure amino acids. Yeah. But then once we go over 90, it actually, you're, you risk it go, turning into glucose. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so if you're trying to stay lean and not gain weight, you, you need the 30 grams to trigger the amino acid receptor site in muscles, but you don't want to go over 90 
because you don't want it to turn to glucose and then it's going to impede your weight loss effort. When you say over 90, is that in, in a single meal? In or? one meal. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's hard to do for, for most people. Right. I mean, I could probably do it. I don't know. I'd be interested to find out what, yeah, I don't know, a big steak. So again, this is where I find it hard for people. Yeah, like a 16 ounce, how much protein is yeah. that? I would venture to guess. It's like, let's look it up right now. Because here's, here's my thought. If you're going to go 180 grams of protein in a day, and your fasting window is only eight hours, and you want to combine that with protein cycling, there's going to be one of those meals you're going to butt up against the possibility that you over you went too much protein and now it's yeah. turned to glucose. So that's where it's come up in questions is is in that regard. Yeah. Well, I was trying to pull up my chronometer, but I'm not logged in. But oh. let me see. Maybe I can pull it up here. So this is where, as you're pulling this up, I'll tell you a couple of hacks that I've done is this is where I like jerkies and dried protein. Yes, yeah, great call. Like, because it's you, you're you taking a steak that has been condensed, it's easier to get in. So then if I, so for me, the weight I want to be is 130. So if I have a shorter eating window and I need to get 130 grams of protein in, but I don't want to take one meal and dip it over into this 90 grams, then, you know, some beef jerky or turkey jerky- Fills in the gaps. Fills in yeah. the gaps. Better than even a protein powder does. Yeah, because at least you're chewing on it. Yeah. The protein powders are already kind of masticated for you. That's right. That's right. Which is a big difference. Yeah. Okay, so I'm putting in 16 ounces of a ribeye. and That's going to give me... That's my favorite steak, by the way. Me too. <laughs> 121 grams of protein. So 16, 16 ounces. Which is a big steak. You yeah. Know, I could do it, though, but it's going over that 90-gram threshold. That's so right. some of it would be converted to glucose. To gluconeogenesis, so that's something to consider there, and I'm sure that's different based off of different, like uh, human sizes. Meaning, like I, that's the only thing I. It, so I need to go back and find the original study and yeah. see if I can tell what this. You know, was it men? Was it women? You yeah. know, a lot of times we don't know what was the size of these individuals. Right, that's what I'd be curious. Yeah, about. but the study showed that protein cycling every anywhere between 30 to 90 grams of protein every two to three hours is the best way to stimulate mTOR. But once you go over 90 grams, you're now sure. going to have extra glucose that's going to be turned into sugar. Yeah. So you got, that's the sweet spot, but it needs to be dosed out every couple hours to get the best muscle building effect. Like the bodybuilders. Right. They kind of do like that. The, right? Eat every two to three hours, but Very you know, much long like term, not good, but short term, yeah, really that's effective, right. right? That's right. Hey, Keto Camper, there's something that I do every single day to supercharge my mitochondria to help with inflammation and soreness from a workout. And that is the use of red light therapy. This is called photobiomodulation. And there's a ton of research that shows the benefits of near-infrared and red light therapy. The red light therapy that I use is from Bon Charge. I simply use it 10 to 20 minutes per day. It has both near-infrared and red light. And every single day when I use this, I feel ready to take on my day. So whether you're dealing with gut pain, joint inflammation, or you want to just supercharge your mitochondria, get your hands on a quality red light therapy device. And I highly recommend the one from Bond Charge. They hooked you all up for being a Keto Camp podcast listener with a 15% off coupon code. All you need to do, check out this product and all the wonderful products they have available is to go to bondcharge.com slash Keto Camp and use the coupon code Keto Camp at checkout to save 15% off your order. We will drop that link and coupon code in the podcast notes. Go check it out. And let's get right back to this episode.
So, so you, you wanna, and I can chat all you day. You want to talk about a topic or get another question? Let's talk about one of the things we talked about today. And this is something that's been really burning on my heart because I feel like I always want to make the information you and I put out there easy to apply. And so I realized recently that a lot of times when we quote these studies, when we look at the biohacking world, we've overcomplicated that now. So just like we could turn around and say, oh my God, the, the conventional healthcare system is so complicated, but now we're complicating the natural healthcare system and the biohacking world. Yeah. And so I've come to this belief that we have to come back to simplicity. Let me give an example. If you want to get into ketosis, your best way to get into ketosis is start fasting. Don't eat food. <laughs> to, yeah, just start fasting. Like that way you don't have to count macros. You don't have to think of, you don't have to go get all the prepackaged keto food. I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just a little more complicated. So let's just start compressing your eating window and leaving a longer time for fasting and see if you can get into ketosis. And then with that, how about instead of counting macros, can we just say, I'm just going to switch to nature's carbs. And I feel like if we could come back to those simple explanations for what you and I teach, now we can really get the whole world to do it. But the minute you've got to have some special, you know, even MCT oil mm -hmm. or some special, you know, supplement or some special keto product to get into ketosis, we've now made it as complicated as the healthcare system is when they say, here's the antibiotic that will help fight a bacteria. Mm. And, and it's still taking the power away from the body. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? It's a fair point. You know, I love the slide you showed today about an apple and then all the processed food. It's like, I just want a damn apple. I just want an apple. <laughs> and now the apple has a label on it. And I need to know what the code things. is on, yeah. the, on the apple to be able to understand if it's right. good for me. Times have changed. It's crazy. I've been thinking about the keto thing for a while. The question that Dr. Pumpa actually asked me last month was the first time I ever was asked this question with keto. He said, you think keto is hurting more people than helping them? Mm. And I had to stop and think about it. Maybe three years ago, I would have had a different answer, but I told him, actually, I think it is hurting more people than it is helping them mm. because of the confusion, because of people, you know, getting bad information, staying in it too long or whatever it is, all the things that we teach not to do, yep. but it's not that complicated. It's, it's a metabolic process. It's not about this supplement or that diet or this macro. Now that could help. And yep. if somebody wants to go down that route, we could teach them that way. But yep. to your point, to the masses, it's just like, it's, it's not complicated. There's nothing new about keto. Right. It's, it's just nuanced and people are making mm. it more nuanced, but it's simply well a metabolic process, right? Yeah. And hey, if you want to get into ketosis, go and do a 16 hour fast and you'll probably get there. Right. And you, know, you don't just, have to spend any money. To do you it. don't have to spend money. Maybe yeah. just take some salt or electrolytes or whatever, but just salt, you right. know, salt water. Uh, so I agree with you, you know, we're yeah. making it complicated. Um, and it's, yeah. it's not what we want to do. If somebody's no. going from a very complicated sick care system and they come into our world, we want to make it approachable. We want to make it easable, easy for them to do it. And uh, practical is the word I'm looking for. I so like easable. Easable is the thing we're creating. <laughs> is that a so word? Because if it's not, you, it you should, yeah, you should create you gotta it. Make it easable easable. For people. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be easable. I love that. I easable love that. for yeah. the world. But, but it, we overcomplicate everything. And this is, yeah. you know, this is, again, the thing about the biohacking space that I've been thinking a lot about is like, now we have to have red light because we're not getting seen sunrise and sunset. Mm -hmm. And now we have to get in cold plunges and saunas because we, we walk into a room and we put the temperature at the, the, the comfort at the comfort level for ourselves. And now we have to have all these like strategies to be able to just 
fall asleep and we got to track it so we can know if we're in deep sleep or we're in REM sleep. So we can know if our day should be good or not. That's right. And then, <laughs> then we get up the next morning and we're like, okay, wearable, tell me what my day should be like. How should I exercise? And as much as I love all these things and they're so necessary in this modern world, I fear that that is now getting too complicated and too expensive. And now we are going to take the average person and we're going to make it so now the ketogenic lifestyle is become something they can't touch. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love what you and I did today is because I feel like we brought it back to simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was yeah. wonderful. Cool. It was it was beautiful, Mindy. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. In the mission that you have to educate people on fasting, this ancient mm -hmm. healing strategy. Again, nothing new about it. Yeah. Everybody's done it yeah. forever. Uh, and it's free, you save money. And the reality of it, some people cannot afford supplements. They cannot afford right. organic grass fed. But when right. they start practicing fasting, you save money. And right. you mentioned you save time, you're right. So you could apply some of that to buy healthier food yep. and just do the best you can with your resources. So it's such a powerful tool. It's it's an incredible tool. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask you a question that I've been asked. I ask all my guests on my podcast, even though I know this will go back out or this will go out on both of our yes. podcasts. But yeah. I'm curious. I don't think I've asked you this question. I have a question for you too. Oh. For my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we'll both do it. Okay. So what's your? Do you have a daily self love practice? that you just give back to yourself and nurture yourself. And if there was one superpower you had that you bring to the world, what do you think it is? Mm, I love those so there's questions. There's actually two questions. Yeah, two questions. I love them. So daily self-love, absolutely, every single day. So it, it happens in many forms. Number one, mm -hmm. first thing I do in, uh, right on my nightstand, I have a pad and I'll write down gratitude. And that's a form of self-love, but grateful about things about myself, like my mm -hmm. health, my healthy brain. Right. Uh, my healthy vision, like I have good vision. So I'll, I'll acknowledge the things that I love about myself and my health. And then when I'm walking my dog every morning, getting morning sunlight, not red light, but right. sunlight, I do affirmations. I love myself. I'm healthy. Mm. I'm healing. And I do it for about 20 minutes throughout the whole walk. And it's funny because I walk with my fiance, but we don't talk to each other. We're mm. both doing these affirmations oh, together cool. in our heads and walking that. the dog. Sometimes she'll start a conversation. I'm like, I'm doing my affirmations. Yeah, stop talking to me. Yeah, stop talking yeah. to me. Go back to your affirmation. So and then I have it sprinkled throughout the day where, you know, I'll take some breaks and go to my rooftop, watch the sunset, relax yeah. and, you know, read books. So that's my variation of self-love. And then the second question was superpower, right? Yeah, superpower. It would be the ability to absorb information and um, how do I want to word this? The ability to get through like books rapidly and really comprehend and absorb the information mm. so I could apply it quicker. Oh, you are, that is definitely a superpower. I've seen you do that. Oh, thank yeah. you. So, no, no, the way you soak up information, then turn around and you're able to say it in a very simple way. Thank you, Mindy. Is impressive. So I want that like times yeah. 100. Right, amazing. Yeah. amazing. I want to ask you the same questions. Okay, great. Same too, and then I have a, another final question for you. So okay. self-love and superpower. Oh, well, so my self-love, I've totally changed my whole morning practice now. I actually get up and I spend two hours doing a variety of things. I have my hyperbaric oxygen, I get in. I do breath work now. I have a really cool app I've been using called Othership. Yeah, I've interviewed him. Lo Robert, oh, yeah. amazing. Love that Great. app. So I do that. I spend 20 minutes thinking of all the things that I'm grateful for. And then I have a posse of people that are like my my people that lift me up. And oxytocin like, posse. Yeah, my oxytocin <laughs> posse. Yeah. And so I box them in the morning. We send messages back and forth. I love and it. it's just it's just beautiful. So that's how I start my day. Very slow and intentional and giving back to myself. I think my superpower is very much like yours. I had a learning disability as a child. I couldn't take in information the way that I wanted to. I felt like the dumbest person in the class. 
And so I, I realized that I came up with some strategies to be able to pull information in and remember it and then be able to make it simple as it's coming out. Mm. So like I hear people with Fast Like a Girl tell me, oh my God, it's so easy to read. I interpret that as your learning disability that you've had your whole life is now actually turning into a superpower. Mm. And that's something that took me to 53 to, to really acknowledge. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing. You do a really good job at that. Yeah, thank Storytelling, you. analogies, breaking down the science because it's it could be so complicated for people. So yeah. you, you cut through all that for people. Yeah, you do a really you. great job at that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate well, it. Last question okay. is about vitamin G. Mm -hmm. So my audience knows the vitamin G is all about gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> what are you grateful for right now, Mindy? What's your vitamin G? Okay, well, in, in today, in this, right now, yeah, the first thing I would tell you is we have a whole new lifestyle that my husband and I are living. You know, we're empty nesters, we're, you know, I don't have the clinic anymore, and we're traveling all over the world doing things like here we are, you know, in Austin working, technically, yeah, we're yeah, working. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this life. I love this. Like, I have moments where I'm like, you couldn't have told me five years ago that life could be this good. Mm. I did. I had no idea it could be this good. <laughs> when I was dreaming, I did not know this moment would be as sweet as it is. And and that I'm just truly grateful for that. That's amazing. And it's yeah. so well-deserved and it's just thank the you. beginning. You yeah, know, it really you. is the best it's coming. I always say 100% left to go. It's like yeah, day one, it. today's day one. And uh, it's been beautiful to watch you grow and yeah, shine. Thank and you. You, you, too. you inspire me all the time, yeah. Mindy. Thank I, you. I love it. So for those uh, listening, on my podcast, the Keto Camp Podcast, go subscribe to the Resetter Podcast. She's got an amazing podcast. I listen to it all the time. And your YouTube channel, which is Dr. Mindy Pelse. And yes. you also have a Resetter Podcast on YouTube as well. So we'll put all that down below. So everybody go check out Mindy. Amazing. Our audience loves Mindy. Yeah, thank you. And vice versa. When I was doing my book signing yesterday, so many people came up and they're like, I'm a Keto Camper. I'm a Keto Camper. So I do think we are, our information is very synergistic. So go follow a Keto Camp Podcast as well. And as always, Ben, I'm so grateful for you. So grateful for you. Vitamin and I, G, Mindy. I, vitamin G, I love. And I love just doing this whole experience with you. So thank we'll you. Do it again. For the amazing spirit that you are. Thank you, Mindy. Uh -huh. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You can tell that me and Mindy love each other. We have so much fun together. And we had a lot of fun answering your questions. We'll do it again, by the way. So follow us on Instagram. We'll make a post in the near future to get your questions. And we'll do another one. Uh, ask us anything episode. Go get her book, Fast Like a Girl. We'll drop a link for it down below. Go follow her on social media, on YouTube. We'll drop that down below. If you want to watch the video interview of today's interview, that's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp. Please consider leaving the show a rating and review. Share this with a friend. I've got vitamin G for you just for listening to the episode in full. Thank you. And I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.